Welcome back, everybody. As always, this is the Sports Counterpoints Podcast. I'm your host, GB. Um, it is October 14th, 2019. Hosting GB as normal. Brian and Coop on the lines. What's up, guys? What's popping? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Glad to be back. Yeah, good to be back in the, in the swing of things one time. So let's get into it. Um, let's do a little bit of discussion around the NFL. We'll talk about the best teams in the conferences. Oh, I just realized why Coop wants to do this now. Um, we'll talk about the some top players or you know players that they're impressed with, some, some thoughts on whatever teams or, or situations going on, speak about what happened at the end of the Lions-Packers game tonight, as well as the new ability to challenge certain calls from uh, the head coaching standpoint, certain calls that referees may make, as well as a little bit of NBA talk. It's still kind of early for the NBA, but we'll kick around a couple of thoughts. So Let's start with the NFL. We'll start with the NFC. Uh, just your best teams in the conference or best team in the conference. Bree, uh, Brian, go ahead and get us started, man. All right. Well, you know, first, there's a ton of parity in the NFC. And, you know, I talked a little bit about this. And, and, and Coop, I know you did, too, a little bit when we were doing our preview. Um, because you're already looking at the NFC North. And there's, there's even parity there, right? We just had a great Monday night game that just finished a little while ago. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment, but, you know, Detroit and Green Bay basically played each other to, uh, even, uh, and, and, and one team had to win. But when you, so when you look at it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parody. Um, I don't think that there's any team at the top of this that has really, really stood out as the team that's absolutely going to be the favorite. Um, so, you know, you obviously have the 49ers who have a perfect record. And they've only been able to play one real team, and they they played the Rams. They played them well. They looked great, um, but I'm not convinced on them. A lot of it has to do with Garoppolo. Still looks very pedestrian, um, and you know they got some other things going. Surprisingly enough, their running game, which didn't have a lot of form before, actually looks really solid. But I, like I said, not convinced that they're the, that they're one of the best teams. If I had to be narrowed down, it's obviously going to be one of the teams from the the NFC North. Um, What's interesting there is Green Bay has lost to the Eagles, but have beat the Bears and beat the Vikings. The Vikings have beat the Eagles, lost to the Bears at and and their 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 arena, uh, their field, and lost to the Packers in their field. Right? The Bears lost to Green Bay and then the Raiders in London. So each of these teams, for the most part, us excusing a loss to, to the Raiders, has pretty much lost to so, someone else in the mix, right? Um, but if I had to pick the team that kind of seems the most settled in right now, uh, I would say Green Bay. I say that because I said it yesterday and I'm sticking with it. But after today's game, you know, they look like, they also have their issues. The other team I think that you have to look at and really like is, is new Orleans. Um, it's pretty impressive to me. You know, I was at the, the new Orleans uh, uh, Rams game and all of the new Orleans fans were just losing their mind. It shouldn't be Teddy Bridgewater. It should be Taysom Hill. And you know, this is what's going to happen. We're going to go. Oh, four. And I kept on telling these fans, like, first of all, y'all don't know what the hell you're talking about. Teddy Bridgewater. There's a reason why. He's the highest paid backup in the NFL. He's very good. And I said, I could absolutely see him winning a lot of games. 
you don't get to go into a very, very tough game in the first quarter against the Super Bowl runner-up last year when they were still healthy and expect Teddy Bridgewater to come over there and just and smoke the Rams. Like, if you thought that, you, you haven't been paying attention. But New Orleans has been very good. Um, they look good on both sides of the, the, the field a little bit. Um, and, and they still have the opportunity to get Drew's back. One of the reasons why there's parity there is that Drew Brees did not look great down the stretch last year. Now he's got an injury. Bridgewater's played well, but I don't know that he's the guy who's going to carry him to a Super Bowl um, with, you know, with what they have. Um, and then Drew Brees may not come in at 100%. So while I like them and while I put them as two of my two best teams with either the Packers and, and maybe even the Vikings, but um, I, I, would, I would not say that there's any team um, that's distinguished himself. If the 49ers ended up getting to the uh, NFC Championship game, at this point I would not be surprised. And I know that everyone can go back two episodes and, and, and absolutely look at what I said before. But uh, the 49ers have proven that, that they're in the playing and they're in the arena when it comes to talking about solid teams. i just not convinced because they really haven't played anybody at full strength that's up there at, at that top level. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Oh, uh, let's see. All right. Well, the, the I have the four best teams and a slight fifth. I think we talked about this earlier, Brian, when I was texting you. Um, I think Green Bay is one of them, but they have flaws. That team yeah. is pretty small on the line. And the reason why they lost to Philly is because Philly just manhandled them and Green Bay couldn't run against them. So they're a small team on both sides of the line. So if they play a physical team, uh, they can have trouble, but they're definitely one of the best teams at this point in the season. Um, I agree with you. There's a lot of parity in NFC. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, I can look at six teams if they came out of the NFC, uh, you know, and went to the Super Bowl. It would not surprise me based on matchups in the playoffs and whether if they got home field or not. Uh, Minnesota, to me, is always going to be in the mix. Um, I just love their roster. Um, you know, this team kind of reminds me of the Cincinnati Bengals, where uh, the Bengals about maybe five years ago when they had a loaded roster, but all Andy Dalton was the quarterback. So it kind of, you know, crashed the Lamborghini. So that's how I look at Minnesota. I just think they're top to bottom. Uh, their roster is very good. And I love Mike Zimmer as the coach. Just a tidbit for those who gamble. Uh, no coach since 2017 is better against the spread than Mike Zimmer. He covers 67 percent of the time, which is amazing. Um He's he to me, he's just a very good underrated coach. And Minnesota is just a very good team. Um, the Another team I have in the mix is, is New Orleans. It, it seems like every week it's it's something new. It's either the defense carries the team or the special teams like against Seattle. They had a special teams. And I think a defensive touchdown against Seattle in Seattle and, and, and sort of controlled Seattle. Uh, against Tampa Bay, they're a bad defense, but they did do their part and put up, I think, 33 or 31 points or so. So New Orleans is just finding ways to win. Now, I don't think having Bridgewater at quarterback, you know, could take them, you know, to the Super Bowl just like you. But just to stem the tide from what he's done since he's been in, I, it's, it's it's pretty impressive. He's done enough not to lose the game, which is what you expect him to do. Uh, the other, the fourth best, uh, another team, it will be the 49ers. Um, obviously, yeah, I'm a 49er fan or whatever, but um, – of course, you can only play who's in front of you. But the 49ers are, I wouldn't say rebuilding, but I would say they were probably a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, to me, just from watching the games, they're being they're being carried. I, I wouldn't want to say carried, but I guess their most dominant unit is the defensive line. Uh, the defensive line is just busting through offensive lines with 
Six seven Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, who plays defensive tackle, but he had 12 sacks last season. Nick Bosa, he, he can absolutely play. And then D Ford, who they gave up a second round pick to Kansas City for, all those guys can play. And they're pretty much busting through offensive lines, creating so much pressure to where our secondary doesn't get exposed and the offense is doing just enough, uh, you know, with those young receivers and running the ball a lot, you know, to score enough points to win games. So, like I said during the, um, I guess in our preview show, I expect the 49ers to be better late than early. Um, I expect the defense and the running game to kind of carry the team for the first, you know, eight weeks of the season or so because the 49ers have young receivers. And then you have Jimmy G, who's still kind of learning to play quarterback. Uh, he's 13-2 and two as a starter, but but still, he's still kind of learning to play quarterback. He had a bad interception uh, against the Rams yesterday. So it's a certain judgment things he just needs to clean up. So, you know, there's a young team. They're winning, which is good. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a fifth team, though, in the NFC who I just think is just very talented, but they're just hurt, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. I think when they get all their players back, I, I, to me, I think they're the number one team in the, uh, in the NFC, uh, which is the reason why I predict them to go to the Super Bowl. But a part of me also feels, when watching them play, that they're kind of fat and happy from the Super Bowl they won a couple years ago. So I'm not sure if they have the same drive and determination as they did then, but we'll see. But I think they just have a loaded roster. Uh, when the guys are healthy and, and they can be considered one of the best teams, but not right now. So my four best teams will be Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, and the 49ers. I didn't put Seattle in there because, to me, they're overrated. Um, Seattle's defense is just not that good, and they're squeaking. They're barely squeaking by teams. They beat the Bengals by one point. They beat the Steelers, who were on their second-string quarterback, by two points. Uh, they had played a good game against the Rams, but, you know, definitely could have lost if the guy would have made the field goal dominated the Cardinals, who really aren't that good. They got manhandled by the Saints. They scored 27, but those were pretty much 14 or 21 garbage points in the fourth quarter. And then they barely squeaked by the Browns, and the Browns pretty much choked that game away as well, Baker Mayfield with his interceptions and everything. But the Seahawks are they're winning games. I don't expect them to sustain that. Uh, to me, if you were to ask me, I think Russell Wilson is carrying this team, and he would be my MVP uh, for the league uh, this year at this point in the season. But that's my take on the NFC. I'm interested. To yeah, see. I agree with. So go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm interested to see, like you said, for the Niners, because um, obviously I'm in the Bay, so uh, you know it's Niner mania right now. One thing I will say, a couple things. Y'all travel extremely well when you are winning. I notice y'all be <laughs> everywhere when the Niners are winning. Whole stadiums be red. Um, additionally, I'm interested to see like when they, because right now, look, I was looking at the schedule. You guys play. You guys could easily the be Redskins. like. Yeah, you could easily be yes. like seven and zero. You got to play the Panthers, who right. look solid with Kyle Allen, but y'all could easily be seven and zero based on, to me, a semi favorable schedule. Uh, what Sherm, what Richard Sherman's been saying is real. Like you know, you can only play who's in front of you, and you know, you kind of gotta. That's what it's got to be. But I'm interested to see. I think like Brian was saying, you know, the haven't played anybody because to me the Rams are overrated. Um, I've been yes. saying that for a little while. I, I don't think they're right. um, especially with the injuries, and they're just not as good as people think. Like they went to the Super Bowl, and McVay is dope and all that, but. They're kind of living off past success, in my mind. So beating the Rams, you, basically right now the Niners know what, what good teams do. They're beating teams they should beat. I'm interested to see when they play somebody who's a little bit closer to their level just well, we to kind of see Green how it Bay turns out. Here. They got to play Green Bay. And, the, <clears throat> yeah. and one note on the Rams, what was impressive about that game, I think the Rams started off winning 7 nothing in the first quarter, and they didn't score again. 
that was, I think, the most impressive about that game. Um, the Niners still had mistakes on offense. They only scored 20 points. They could have had more. But I think that was the most impressive thing, how they just shut them down the, the rest of the game. Yeah, the whole line, um, your, your entire D-line, speaking of them, is all first-round picks also. Right. The entire right. D-line. Right. Yeah. So, and, I mean, when looking at, Glenn, you were just talking about it. I mean, look at their schedule. The Redskins, that should be a win. The Panthers, they're actually going to play them in Cam Newton's first week available after the injury. I wouldn't so it'll be him. interesting to see if he's playing, and if he is, I wouldn't play. Is he either playing so. better or worse than the house? So. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't. Um, but they get that turmoil, right? They're going to play a, a solid team, not a great team, but they're going to get that turmoil after they've established some pretty nice things over the last couple of weeks. At home, though, then I they think. get the Cardinals. Yeah, then yes. they get the Cardinals. That's a win. Uh, then they get the Seahawks. That's a real game, but yep. know, and, and and will be you know very valuable to see where they stand. But then they get the Cardinals again. To, you know, right. to come up <laughs> off of that, and then they get the Packers and the Ravens back to back, which are two really yeah. good. Uh, yeah, pa- oh, it's, it, what it's, it's Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, yeah, and then the Rams again. Uh, so yeah, that's you know, it. While and then the Seahawks finish the season. So their schedule is super light right now, um, mm-hmm. but when they hit that crux, um, it's going to be where you know metal the rubber meets the meets the road. They're either going to show up or show out or and, or get tossed aside. Um, but they will have had plenty of opportunity to come together uh, yeah. and figure out how to do a lot of things, right? They, they've had right. – it's not an extended preseason. That, that's, that's, that's to me. But they've had a, a lot of extra time to figure out some things with a little extra leeway because they were either playing teams that aren't that good or aren't at their best or aren't healthy. Um, and, and at a certain point in time, they're going to play – Playoff teams, right? Packers playoff team, Ravens likely a playoff team, Saints a playoff team, Falcons. Right now, you they know, said probably not. Terrible. They said, but yeah, you never know right. which team you get. But you, yeah, you never. I was just about to say that. But you know, they all. If you look at it, you know, Matt Ryan is actually number two in the league in passing yardage and and, and squad. QB rating. Well, he has to. He's down by twenty in every fourth quarter. So yeah, he has to. Yeah, but he's still. I mean, <laughs> yesterday he was you like, know, you get the Rams again, and you get killing. the Seahawks. Right? Those are all. So you get divisional rivalries. You get a, you know, that, that stretch is going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, okay. What, well, do, what do you? What are your thoughts on on the AFC? Oh wait, one more point before yeah. we go. So do you know? Have you noticed when people play the Browns? Uh, and after they beat them, people always got a lot of trash to say about Baker and the Browns. Did you hear Richard Everybody. And Nick Bosa? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. everybody. I was sitting the next Titans. to somebody. We were watching the game this weekend. And he said, you know, why do you think everybody wants to talk so much about Baker Mayfield? Because he's a jerk. Right. He's, he's been cocky. a jerk his entire career. He was co- right. yeah, cocky in college. Right. You know, Bosa wanted to do the flag wave because what he did in college. And, you know, when you talk as much as they were talking in the the, the, the preseason and yeah. during the offseason, guess what? You better back it up or you deserve yeah. every last bit of it. Yeah. Now, what Sherman did was wrong. You don't need to lie. They, they, they got plenty <laughs> of mistakes. There's plenty of reasons to hate the Browns to not have to I lie. Say that. To, you know, you don't have to lie to kick it. But but everything else they've deserved, gotten. And, uh, and Baker Mayfield made himself a target. So you can't. You know, he was over there. Oh, you know, finally someone in the media says something that's true about me when he was talking about uh, um, getting caught in the lie for Sherman. But the uh, but the reality of it is he 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 put the bullseye in his back. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think Sherman is one of them dudes too. From what I've seen, great player. Like I got nothing bad to say. It just feels like he's one of them dudes that amps himself up by creating lives. 
Yeah. It, only off a couple of things, because this and then the Crabtree thing and a couple other times, it just seemed like he he was using it to amp himself up, which, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but that's like two times out of millions, <clears throat> and he's going to be Hall of Fame, no yes. doubt. It just felt like one of those situations where you used it to amp up the squad, and then, you yeah. know, it worked. Well, so. you know, well, he you know, sounds like, more like an intellectual than he speaks like you know yeah. what, what he says comes off yeah. as an and he, he went to stanford right and so right. he gets yeah, he's a, a smart lot dude. of credit it, right he, and he says some but he also says some just completely bonehead knuckle thing knucklehead things that oh. that a lot of people start nodding their head yes to because of some of the other things that he's able to say but i mean it's it's dr jekyll and mr hyde with that guy yeah i can't be i can't well, be mad we all got well, it what's up coop yeah, before I go to the AFC, uh, before I go to the AFC, I just want to say, you know, Michael Jordan used to make up things too to get himself pumped up for games as well. Yeah. But he didn't tell the media them. He didn't have no, access he, either. The first well, time, uh, the first time, yeah, exa- that's very true. But the first time he let it all out was his at his Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> Everyone was trying to go, "What the hell's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, well, nobody you know, liked well, you know, me. Nobody well, thought I was good." It's like he created like well, the, <laughs> the most popular well, meme ever. There. There's stories that Amaya Rashad and Michael Wilbon would tell you, you know, that came out that you can read up how he made up some lie that somebody was talking trash to him during the game. So he ended up going for 45 on the new minute later. He didn't say nothing to him. So he would say little things as well to yeah. get himself bumped up yeah. for games. But, but not you know, to the media. Dude, about to the yeah, media. Right. Access, right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't do. deny it at all. I'm just it just felt like that was Sherman. But I mean, I got nothing to say. If he was here now, I'd be extra quiet. So I'll just keep that. <laughs> Might as well just keep <laughs> it real. Good. Uh, all right, so all for right, the AFC. So moving to the AFC. Cool. Um, of course, New England is one of the best teams. Now, an argument can be made. They haven't really played anybody either. True. I mean, they beat Pittsburgh. They beat True. Miami. They beat the Jets without Darnold. They played the Redskins. They just beat the Giants, who didn't have anybody. I don't think Shepard played, nor Saquon Barkley yeah. played. That, the only real Patriots team get that they every played. Year, the only real team they played was the Buffalo Bills, and they gave them some real trouble. The Buffalo Bills defense is for real, and they're yep. doing just enough, just enough on offense to win games. But I'm a believer in Buffalo's defense, and to me, it could be on equal footing with New England's defense. I think Buffalo's defense is that good, mm-hmm. and I just think they're very well coached. Uh, so I have them as one of the best teams, one of the four best teams in the um, AFC right now, them in New England. Uh, the other team oh, wow. I have is Houston. I'm just a Deshaun Watson guy. I've always loved Deshaun Watson, uh, watching him in college at Clemson. Um, I just never seen anybody in college due to Nick Saban in Alabama what he did. Uh, just put up back-to-back 40 spots. The first time Nick Saban played him, he had six weeks to prepare for him. He couldn't stop him. Then he had over a year's worth of film to prepare for him the second time they played him, and he still couldn't stop him. And Nick Saban is one hell of a defensive coach. i just never seen – anybody abuse a Nick Saban's defense like that. So I've always been a Deshaun Watson fan. And thankfully, he has somewhat of an offensive line now because this game and last game, he didn't get sacked. And guess what? They won. This is what happens when you can keep him upright. So I wasn't mad for Houston trading the first-round pick to get Laramie Tunsil from Miami to help protect Deshaun Watson. You have a quarterback like that. You can't treat him like David Carr. You're going to have to protect them so he can win you some games. I, I don't think that Deshaun Watson's a perfect quarterback or even the prototype, but I just think the guy just knows how to win. He just yeah. has moxie and he's just a good player. So uh, and so he's definitely uh, Houston's definitely one of, uh, one of my four teams in there. And the other one is will be obviously Kansas City. Now right now they're kind of decimated with injuries, um, but Mahomes is a good enough player that can I think he can sort of you know carry carry the team until they get those all of those players back. 
Uh, I see Tyreek Hill came back, but they still have, you know, other injuries. But the problem with Kansas City is they just don't have any defense. They didn't have any defense last year, yep. and they don't have any defense this year. You can score on Kansas City. It's not hard to run on them either. They can't stop the run. So, it, you know, play, I don't it, – it's going to be hard for, for me for them to win the Super Bowl because they just can't stop the run, yeah. and their defense is just as pathetic as last year. But I have those four teams as my four best teams. Um, if you notice, I don't have Baltimore in there. And the reason why is if you look at their schedule and see who they played, they played the Dolphins. They played they play the Dolphins, of course, you know, put up a 59 spot on them. They barely beat the Cardinals the following week. I mean, they had mm-hmm. to hold on to win that game by six, and the Cardinals is not a very good team. Steelers. They lost to the Chiefs. Oh. Lost to the Chiefs, which is not, you know, it's not a bad loss. Uh, they got pretty much boat raced by the Browns. I mean, that game just wasn't even competitive as the final score might indicate, 40 to 25. The Steelers were on their third-string quarterback that game, and they barely beat them by three in yep. overtime. And then they barely beat the uh, Bengals um, yesterday. I mean, from, I guess everybody's still thinking about the um, the Ravens when they, you know, when they ran the Dolphins because that point spread yesterday was 11 points, which is, you know, the Ravens just don't have that kind of team to every week try to win by double digits like that because they don't pass the ball well enough. So they only won by six yesterday, but the Bengals is not is a bad team as well. So. That kind of worries me. They play the Seahawks uh, next week, and the Seahawks is, def- is is decent against the run. So I'm kind of interested in that game to see how the Ravens are going to score points. Because if you're going to beat the Seahawks, you're going to have to pass because their pass defense isn't that good. So it'll be interesting to see if Lamar Jackson can take advantage of that. But as of right now, I don't have him as one of the four best teams. And also, I think what people aren't realizing is the teams that they played so far, Miami Dolphins and and uh, Arizona and all them, Cleveland hasn't played those teams yet. They're going to play them later in the season, and those can be Ws. So it could be a dogfight for the division lead between those two teams when Cleveland plays those teams. So the Cleveland will will obviously win some games. Might go 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, It'll be interesting if those teams tie at the top of the division. But those are my four best teams I have so far. B? All right, well um... – I think obviously I agree with the top spot and that's the Patriots. I think they're the only team that's clearly the best team in either division over the rest of the people in their division. They've allowed 48 points scored against them this season. It's ridiculous. The next closest, the 49ers at 64, the next closest in the division, the bills at 70. It's not close. Just how much, how, how how good that defense has been. So that's pretty impressive. The other thing to remember is Buffalo has only played has played five games to get that 70 points scored against them. Whereas the Patriots have had six games to only have 48 games scored against them. I mean, their defense is really, really impressive right now. Um, so they're just head and shoulders above. Obviously they have a lot of things to, um, going on. They're about to get the kill carry back, which I didn't even know they're going to get back yep. this year, but these planning are coming off the IR and they're already talking about throwing them right into the mix. Then there's talk about whether or not AB gets a second shot at that. Gordon needs to get healthy. I'm sure he will. But uh, the team is is solid, right? They have they have good options a lot of different places. Now there's talk that Gronk might come back at the end of the season. <clears throat> there's just a lot of things going on for them. But anyways, they're the best team in the AFC. So the next I'm going to give you two more teams that I think are are have parity. Um, obviously, a step below. And, and, and you've already mentioned both these teams, Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Uh, I'm also a huge Deshaun Watson fan. I also think that what that team is able to do when they give him some protection, let him ha- let him uh, get some time, you know, let him get outside of the pocket and and make plays and passing plays. He's not really a huge runner, but um, he you know he makes he knows how to make plays. 
uh, and and then the Chiefs. Um, you know, you were mentioning all these injuries. The, the only real injury that matters right now is is Mahomes. He's hurt, right? He's played now two games, which they've now lost with this uh, injured ankle, um, and it's really, really inhibited. I mean, since he got injured. And after he got injured, sorry, before he got injured and after he got injured, if you look at the statistics, it's it's night and day. He's a different quarterback. Um, I think at some point in the not too distant future, they're going to have to just sit him for a game uh, and let him get right. And I don't know if that's against the the Broncos because that's a divisional. And then they got you know they what they got uh, um, they got uh, the Packers and the Vikings. They got a tough schedule, um, but they they may have to sit him down because at some point in time for a week and just you know see what happens because. They're taking, they've taken two losses and almost lost a third um, instead of taking one and, and just letting them rest up for an extra week. Um, anyways, the other team that I'm going to put, I'm going to put the, uh, instead of putting Buffalo, uh, I'm going to put uh, the, the, the Ravens in there. Here's the reasons why. Um, I, and I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, but I also agree or know, understand that like the 49ers, the, the Ravens are, a team that's trying to figure things out, right? Ingram is new. The entire offense is new. You know, having Lamar Jackson in this offense is new. They're trying to figure out what to do with their wide receivers. And that's why they have games where they look like they're all together, like last week. And that's where they have games that look like they're awful. But I think that they're a very good team overall. And I don't necessarily impress with anybody, any of the other teams that are out there. The reason why I don't say the Bills is real simple. Josh Allen. I know he throws the ball. He's got a lot of you know, his pretty stats, and and you know, but when he blows up, he blows up big. You know, he three, four, five interceptions. I mean, you know, what's the difference between him and and what Jameis Winston does when he blows up? And you can't win with Jameis Winston. I don't know that you can with Josh Allen. And he's a great best ball, you know, option if you have draft a best ball team because he has really great games and then he has these stinkers. Um, and I think he's going to be a decent quarterback, but I just don't think he's anywhere near that. And he's way more volatile than Lamar Jackson, who is, is playing pretty solid football. So I would take the Ravens to go further than the Bills because of that, in spite of, as Jason mentioned, a, a very, very good defense, but, you know, second best to the Patriots. Got you. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm interested to see. Mm-hmm. To me, the the Patriots get the same. Truthfully, like just like Coop said, like they really haven't played anybody either, but they get that every single year. They are they're in the perfect <clears throat> division. They automatically get so many wins every year. And then, but they but they're play- they beat who they're supposed to beat too, and then they beat good teams. I just haven't they haven't played anybody yet to me. But because of their track record, it doesn't matter. But uh, to allow 48 points in six games. Right. They've, the other teams have had weak schedules. The 49ers, for example, who had the second best uh, points against. They played a Dolphins right, 64. And, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, right, but they've played, they, they played some pretty bad teams. Um, and, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills, who have only played five games and getting to set, they have allowed seven points. It's impressive to be able to lock down someone, anyone. I mean, there are plenty of bad teams that can score points. Uh, we've seen that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get Atlanta. it. I just uh, they <clears throat> point differentials this. also. I mean, that's why the point differential stat kind of gets mocked when you play bad teams. You know, we all know that the Patriots love running it up. That's why their point differential is 142. So you, you yeah. throw that away, right? That's what you get when you play Miami and you can score, you know, 100 points and give up uh, give up six. But stopping an NFL team 
from scoring anything at all or three points as it was um, is is an impressive feat. And there's a reason why nobody is even remotely close, regardless of their schedule, in my opinion. Man, I I have watched the NFL for I don't know a lot of years. I've never seen a team as worse as Miami. I mean, they play <laughs> they they play hard though. They just don't have any talent. That's the yeah. only problem. They, they, yeah, they so haven't close given up too. on themselves. Yeah, yeah they, they don't so give close. up. Yeah, because organizations tank. Players don't tank. Organizations tank. You True. know what I mean? So True. the players aren't tanking. They just don't have any offensive or defensive personnel to save their life. Man, that I hate that too. Bad. Because they got that um like it's a new coach, it's a black man, and right. you know, you're already on a short, you know, you you already got a short time frame. So you add that. I hope that they give him some time at least to say, okay, we didn't give any roster. Like, don't try and cut him loose into the year or next year when he never had a fighting chance. And we're not even talking about the fact they could have won this week. They chose. Yeah, they were right there. Not to win this week. <laughs> they were they, right there. They made a decision. All they had to do was kick a point after. Instead, they decided to go for two yeah. because they're like, eh, we'll either win it right here. I mean, they could have very easily gone into overtime and given themselves an opportunity to win that game. Yeah. So that tells you that's an organizational decision right there. That's not a yeah. player's decision. The players right. played the Redskins even, <laughs> but yeah. the coach decided that they were going to lose. <laughs> or, or yeah, it's, just, it, it's just bad, man. I, I don't want to go off topic, but. Can anybody think of any example where tanking actually works? Because I hate when teams tank in sports. It just doesn't work to me. I don't think it doesn't it works. It doesn't no. work in um, in in basketball because yeah, you have you, you have a lottery. It doesn't work in baseball because players aren't usually ready, and so you're grooming them for a couple of years. But in football, a top pick, and I mean, quite honestly, they've got a ton of great picks. They have a lot. They have like four or five first rounders. Um, they have a couple of second rounders this year. They got some more after that. So tanking for them where they're going to get the top pick and, and it seems pretty obvious they're going to take a quarterback. Um, and then all the other things, it could actually work for them because they're going to be able to get an accumulation of picks. Now you look at the Redskins, they, they, I don't, they're not really tanking, but even if they got the top pick, that's all they got, right? So there's no chance that with all of that capital, they'd be they're going to be able to do anything. Yeah. Whereas with Miami, they have a chance. I, uh, so I, I, no, I they hear, shouldn't tank. But yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you know, you know how he, both of you guys know how I feel about draft picks. I'm like, man, yeah. just get a player because I've seen the Redskins trade six picks to the Rams for 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 RG for Bob Griffin. He's not even RG. He's Bob <laughs> Bob Griffin the third, and the Rams did absolutely nothing with all the picks that they got. So I mean, you know. I get and and do you really trust the Miami Dolphins to do the right thing with those picks? I mean, it's the Dolphins. Do. You feel me? No, they ah. just changed the entire. Wait, they just changed the entire organization, and and they brought in smart people. They they brought most of the organ the the, the the people from the Belichick tree right in New England. So you know, no. I'm not I, I'm not saying I think that they're going to become great, but I no. do think that there's an opportunity for them. What are they going to do? They're going to go over there and try you know. What would be better than what they're trying to do? They have a lot of capital. They know they're going to lose. They're trading anybody who's a veteran um, or disgruntled or whatever. Say, all right, get out of town, accumulating yeah. more picks, and and they're going to give it a shot. I yeah. don't know that there's an alternative. And like I said, I'm not for tanking, not at yeah. all. I think that they just happen to have found the crevice the crevice for tanking. <laughs> wow. Given, not crazy. I hear what you're saying. Given the situation of the setup. You know, yeah, that's that's I it. Mean, it's just it, it's a you know a, a constellation of opportunity. It's just yeah. such a crapshoot, though. 
That's the only thing. Like, yeah. you're number one. I mean, the higher, to me, the higher the pick, the better chance you have of not messing it up. Because if you can get a top five player, you know, probably you're going to hit. But it's just a crapshoot. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you take a yeah. quarterback one, if, and they don't pan out right away, bust. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get, as an, uh, if you're a top five quarterback and you're not nice within the first two years, you're a bust. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, it just gets tough. Yeah, you can't I'm, take, you know, take best available, but they're not going to do that. They're going to take a QB well, or whatever. It's, it's, yeah, it's like high school recruiting. It's like the reason why Nick Saban recruits so many five star guys in one position because he knows that some of those guys that he recruited, they misevaluated. Even they're though they're five star, right. yep. they can't play. So Absolutely. They're not any good. So and you, you can know. do that in college, right? You like, hey, give me all the, the same thing happened to USC, right? They lost a four star quarterback and decided to go away. Uh, the next day, they signed a five-star quarterback, right, who, who wanted to come play at USC. You know, and they've already got, you know, they got two or three guys in the roster. The, and you look at the draft classes, right? You look at the, the, the not the draft, the the, uh, the admission classes, and it's always USC, Alabama. You know, Nebraska always seems to be in the mix, even though they stink. Ohio uh, State, yeah, State, but they're great. But but USC is consistently a top ten. Uh, uh, dra- uh, admissions class whereas the results lately have not been uh that and that's yeah, in part some part because players i think in big part because of the coach but anyways we're not yeah. talking about that let's get on yeah, to the, right yeah let's get on right. the players in the nfl let's, yeah uh, and real before we move brian it's the coach okay let's move on i know all it right is. you gotta <laughs> all right so we'll go to did we okay so we just did the team so we'll do nfc players and then b i think you're starting this one off all right, so you know some players in the uh, the NFC that I'm actually really impressed with. Um, you know, let's start with let's uh, sorry let, let's let's start with Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, oh, sorry, wrong, 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 old, wrong old place to, to begin. Um, so let's start with uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Lost it. No, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Sorry, Dalvin Cook. Um, so, so we talked a little bit about before the season that I, I, I thought Dalvin could be good, but I just couldn't trust him. Now, I'm a huge Vikings fan, and I thought he was the better of the two running backs his uh, his rookie year, um, and he looks like the best running back in the NFL right now. I know people want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. It's not him. Saquon Barkley's hurt. He'd be in that conversation. Alvin Kamara is super versatile, and and and, and Christian McCaffrey looks like a video game. But last week he only got sixty yards. Um, Dalvin Cook has has really looked like a stellar running back. Um, I think they overthink the, the run plays a little bit in Minnesota and try and get overly creative when all you need to do is give the man a gap and let him do his thing. But that's something that Minnesota's always done. Going back to Adrian Peterson. Um, so, anyways, I, I, I so I really impressed with uh, with with Dalvin Cook. Um, I also really like Chris Godwin. I mean, he's what well, I think he's leading the the league in receiving yards. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, and you know, this was somebody that that people thought might be pretty good um, and that he might have a breakout year. But there's a difference between breakout year and and and, and breaking records. Um, he's he's been outstanding. Uh, and, and, and quite honestly, as someone who owns Mike Evans all over the place, uh, it's been painful um, because he is he's really, really leached a lot of the opportunity from uh, from from Mike Evans. Uh, that's really I mean, that's really it. You know, Matt Ryan is actually having an impressive year, especially if you think of fantasy stats. He's you know, he's what, uh, third or fourth. He's got he leads. He's second in the, the league. And 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 yeah, passing yards, 
he's number you know number two, and he's the only he's only one of two guys that are over two thousand yards. Um, you know, other than that, uh, you know, like I said, Christian McCaffrey and um, has been a video game, but he also <clears> has these moments where he only gets sixty yards. He had something like thirty-two receiving, you know, forty rushing, uh, got a touchdown in each direction. A lot of his impressiveness is by virtue of him being the only thing that you can use, especially right now while you have injuries in the passing game isn't exactly fine-tuned. Uh, Jason, what do you think about the NFC players? Uh, me, it's just two players. I mentioned one already, Russell Wilson. Uh, 14 touchdowns, no picks, uh, pretty much carrying Seattle, pretty much a Seattle team that really, to me, isn't that good, uh, squeaking by teams. But they're, but Russell Wilson is just Russell Wilson. I think, personally, Russell Wilson, I'm, I'm, I don't know how, if I might sound outrageous, but to me, I think he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I just think he's that good. Uh, it's just, he just makes plays outside the pocket. I think more than any quarterback that I've ever known. And of course he has to, because his line, you know, all all the time really isn't that good. Most of the time isn't that good as he's short. So he has to make a lot of plays out of the pocket, but it seems like whenever he gets out the pocket, he's just so dangerous. And right now he'll be my leading uh, MVP candidate. And the second person, um, who I love is Christian McCaffrey, who you mentioned. Um, I like Christian McCaffrey coming out of Stanford. I just think it was something different about him. He looks small, but he's tough. He can, he can, unlike Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush was a good outside runner at USC, not really good between the tackles. Christian McCaffrey is good outside and between the tackles and as a receiver. Uh, I've always thought he's one of the top three top three running backs in the league. I think I said on an earlier podcast, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and Christian McCaffrey. And that's because, and I think it's because you can line them up anywhere, wide receiver, in the, in the backfield, wherever. You, I mean, just give, put the ball in their hands and they can make something happen. I just think those three guys are just that good, especially Alvin Kamara. I think because um, she plays with Drew Brees, he probably he doesn't really get the respect that he deserves. It may sound crazy, but I just think Alvin Kamara is just a very, very talented and very good player. Um, so that's that's it for me. It's just those two guys in the NFC. That's it. They're head well, and shoulders. And, but not else. Kamara, you, you- you wrote your love. Uh, you wrote a love note to him, you know, right there, Kamara. I think. Yeah. I think all. By the way, I think you're 100 percent right on why McCaffrey is great, and uh, and and Kamara, you know, has that you can use like a Swiss Army knife and put him anywhere on the field and, and expect big things to happen. Is is just, you know, uh, every team, every team wants that type of a guy, and and you knew New Orleans was convinced when they got rid of Mark Ingram, who has been very good for for Baltimore, but also was very good for New Orleans. So. Um, but I want to go back to the comment you made about uh, Russell Wilson in the, in the Hall of Fame. So at this point, he's won a, uh, a Super Bowl. Uh, and I don't know what your bar is for Hall of Fame, but are you predicting or feel like he has the skill sets to get at least one more in his career? It all depends. You know, you know, fo- football is the ultimate team sport. You know that. So it all depends, you know, who you have around. I think he has the ability to carry a team. I mean, that's the first it, it, it's pretty much the eye test. You know me. I look at stats, but don't really the stats and the analytics isn't the end all be all to me. It's just the eye test. I just think he's just very good. And he's a he's very I think he threw for like one hundred and forty three touchdown passes in college and twenty five interceptions. I'm going to have to look that up, but I think it's one hundred forty three and twenty five. And the reason why he had to transfer to Wisconsin to play his final season, where I think he threw like thirty six and three interceptions and nobody ever took talked about it. The reason why he had to transfer is because North Carolina State wanted to start Mike Glennon. You know the guy. <laughs> the back, that's yeah, why I know he is. Right. That's why he had to leave. I mean, I just think he's you know never I know. gotten the respect. <laughs> he's never gotten the respect as a quarterback. And I understand he's not prototype. 
He's short. He doesn't seem cool or whatever. I mean, I personally, I don't think I want to hang out with the guy, but I just think he's just, <laughs> for the eye test, I just think he's just a very good quarterback. Oh, I, and, and he yeah, makes I, plays. I and so I just think he has that, I think he's, and he has a Super Bowl. So, and Aaron Rodgers has one. Everybody puts him in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I agree. you know, I agree. Uh, I just think if, if Aaron is, if Aaron's getting in with one and he probably will only have one in his career, I think you got to put Russell Wilson in there. I think you have to. I just think he's that good. Yeah. All right. I, I, On I to the like AFC. To yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. AFC, cool. Who you got, man? Best players in the AFC? Well, I talked about one earlier, Deshaun Watson. Um, I, Mahomes is more talented and the prototype, but I think if uh, I think Deshaun Watson had 39 touchdown passes rookie season. Um, so if Deshaun Watson continues to play on the pace, uh, has the pace of play that he's uh, playing with right now, I think he's going to get a lot of MVP votes uh, because he's new, he's fresh, he's not hurt. Uh, he plays in Houston, you know what I'm saying? So I think he'll get a lot of sympathy votes, and people and people just like him. I, I just hear he's a very good guy. Uh, I think I heard today he was the uh, long jump champion or something in, in the eighth grade in the state of Georgia. So he was an athlete. So I just I just like Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's just everything about him. I just think he has that it factor that people talk about that can't be quantified, that can't be explained. But I just think he has it. And I just never think that Houston is out of a game when he's quarterbacking. Now, I feel the same about Mahomes. Um I just don't think Mahomes I will we Brian, I think we both predicted this. He wasn't going to have the type of season this year that he would have last year. I mean, he set the bar like very, very high. Um, I think Mahomes has Hall of Fame talent, but I also thought I also said that Rashid Wallace had Hall of Fame talent. He just misused he, it. But right, um, say, he, I agree with that. <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes, he has Hall of I think he's a generational talent. I just think he's that good. The way he, he slings the ball 60 yards down the field is effortless. I mean, it's just a beauty to watch. It's a thing to watch. And I just think that with the team he has and this harder schedule that you mentioned earlier and that bad defense that he has, he has more opportunities to put up stats, but also has more opportunities to get hurt and throw interceptions. And I just think with Houston, the way it's set up for them uh, this season, I think that Deshaun Watson, if he stays healthy, he would be my vote as of right now to be uh, to be MVP, and he just beat Kansas City, so I guess that helps as well. He just beat, he just came back. They were down seventeen to nine, and he came back and beat them. So uh, those would be my two guys uh, in the AFC. All right, so I'm going to give you four. I don't know. If we, I didn't know you're doing two, but the first are all all quarterbacks, right? So mm-hmm. it's Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Everything you said about uh, Watson, you know, I echo that. He, he's outstanding. I think Mahomes is better. I think that he's actually having an outstanding year. But again, he's been playing the last three games on a hobbled ankle and hasn't been able to get out of the pocket. And the stat, uh, the differences between before and after the industry and the stats have been, you know, night and day. Um, and, and we talked about that. Like he was playing fully healthy all for a full season. Everything went his way last season uh, to, to, to put those kind of video game numbers up. This year, he's you know not able to do that. What's funny is his pace at the beginning of the season was actually to surplant what he did last year. He's just now human because of two and a half really kind of pedestrian games. But he's still, what, 14 touchdowns and only has only one person has more than him. And that guy's Matt Ryan with 15 touchdowns, all passing, right? You know, if you go to Deshaun Watson, he's got 17 total, but five are on the ground, 12 in the air. But for passing touchdowns, it's 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 Matt Ryan at 15, Patrick Mahomes at 14, and, and Russell Wilson at 14, right? So when you talk about uh, what, what Mahomes is doing, he did all that front-loading. He did that in the first three weeks of the season. Um, 
And then Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I predicted this, and I'm, I'm impressed, and I'm going to keep on talking about it. But uh, he's been able to do, uh, you know, be pretty, pretty amazing. Um, you know, if you're, he's got what, 1,500 yards already, which is is pretty darn good. Um, you know, uh, Russell Wilson has 1,700, so just a few more. Um, he's got 11 touchdowns with the air and two on the ground. He's also got what 460 yards. I think he'd probably be. Uh, top five or six in rushing if he, you know, if you, if he was running back, but anyways, so impressed with Lamar Jackson. And then I just want to add one more person who we talked a little bit about and, and I liked him in the preseason, um, but wasn't sure that he would be able to do this. And that's Nick Chubb. Um, he really looks like a very, very good running back. He runs hard. He runs through the middle. He, you know, he, he gets yards after contact. Um, and, and if you get him out there, he, he can, he can make a move and, and get you an extra couple of yards. So, you know, wanted to, wanted to say his name. I agree with you on Chubb, especially when you asked me who was the one player from that draft, I thought would be good. And I said, Nick Chubb. I, yeah. I like, I love Nick Chubb in college. I definitely agree with you on that one. Nick Chubb, if he didn't play with loudmouth. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, no, exactly. And, and Mr. Rolex on the on the on the on the, on the wide receiver side, spot. Uh, yeah, he would he would definitely get talked. But he runs hard. He, he's yeah. he's a very good runner. And he's second. Good. He's second in the league of rushing so far this year. You know who he's behind? Who? Christian McCaffrey. Ah, uh, okay. Because <laughs> I know you're not gonna say Sony Michelle because Sony Michelle's having a bad a bad year this year. Okay. No. Yeah. No. The only ones over uh, six hundred over six hundred are Christian McCaffrey at six eighteen and, and Nick Chubb at six oh seven. Right. And so now you said that. So why is Cleveland always passing the ball? I, you, you already know why. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Baker is still he's a loudmouth, and you want to try yeah. and. I mean, they should feed him the ball, right? I mean, yeah. if you give him what? So Christian McCaffrey has six hundred and eighteen yards, right, on one hundred and twenty-seven attempts. Okay. Yep. Chubb has 607 yards on 114 attempts. Wow. Yeah. You know, give him the ball. Give, give, give him the ball. <laughs> Definitely. The rock. Definitely. Okay. All right, GB. I didn't mean to go off, but no, I do no, like no. Chubb, though. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> tripping. The, uh, it's cold because he'll have, like, a crazy game, and then he'll go for, like, 60. Like, they just changed the game plan too much. And I've seen yeah. him I seen him live um, last year in Oakland, and that fool definitely. I think it was, like, one of his first games he played when they still had – um. What's his name? Uh, Hugh. Hugh. Uh, yeah. I was about to say Hugh Jackson. I know you're talking. Right? About. You know what I'm talking about. No, but, uh, Hugh, Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Um, not Wolverine, man. but yeah, he got off on us. Like, man, he was getting loose. And then, uh, so a lot of these players you guys are mentioning, I've seen too. Like Mahomes, same thing. Like you said, we saw him live, and dude was crushing dreams, man, just flicking the wrist. Oh, you was at the game where he threw four touchdowns in the second quarter, huh? Yeah, bro. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, we're in there cheering. Yeah. Yeah. And just everybody drowned out, bro, because he was getting busy. But it was just, I mean, you know, this happens to us a lot of times when we play the Chiefs anyway, but it was cool, like, to, to see he's nice. You know, you never want to lose, but dude is nice, and it was cool to be to be up close with it. So, yeah. All right. So you got that. So any, like, um, last thoughts on any of the current NFL status? Anything else? You guys? I, I, I can start with the AFC, uh, B. Uh, just some little tidbits from teams. Um, the Jets are two different teams uh, <laughs> when Darnold plays and when he doesn't. Um, they had the guy play the quarterback, Luke Falk. He's not an NFL. There's just sometimes where I just look at players in the NFL and I just say he can't play in the NFL. And Luke Falk is one of those guys. He can't play in the NFL. Uh, he reminds me of a guy that the Indianapolis Colts had some years back. His name was Curtis Painter. 
I saw him play. He can't play in the NFL. Falk cannot play in the NFL. This guy should not be an NFL quarterback. Um, when Darnold played yesterday against Dallas, it's like they had a different skill set of plays, like plays that we know Darnold can run and plays that this guy can't where the other guy couldn't run. So yeah. it's like they were a different team against Dallas. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping Darnold stays healthy. I'm a Darnold guy. Uh, I already mentioned the Miami Dolphins. That's probably the worst team I've ever seen. Um, I'm looking forward to see how the AFC North uh, shakes out. It looks like that might be a dogfight to the end. Uh, in, the, in the AFC South, I'm 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 just gonna let you guys know I'm making a promise. I'm not talking about the Tennessee Titans anymore until Marcus Mariota's off the team. I mean, <laughs> him and him and him and Jameis Winston were drafted in the same draft. I wasn't a buyer on either one of them. I didn't like Winston because of his judgment, and I didn't like Mariota because he just doesn't seem like a quarterback to me. He's too How quiet many picks for my has Mariota got this year? I'm not sure. How many does he have? One. He got it at the third quarter of the last game. The reason I know that is because I was commenting. It's like. You know, everyone hates the guy, but he doesn't have any picks. He's not somebody who's going to lose the game for you. The rest of the he team can't. isn't very good. And as I was saying it, he threw his first pick of the season. Yeah, he, he <laughs> sucks. Uh, I, I don't get the whole Mario. They, they've tried everything in Tennessee. Change coordinators, coaches, this, that, position coaches, whatever. It doesn't matter. This guy just isn't any good. Uh, <laughs> in the West, all right, I got to give it up for the Raiders, man. They're, they're not – I mean, it's their three and two, I think, right now. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, they had lost six straight early morning start games, but they just won two road games back to back. That's impressive to me for the Raiders. I, I didn't see many wins on the schedule. And of course, they can. They're three and two now. Could end up three and thirteen. But as of right now, um, you got to give it up for the job that Gruden has done to get these play. It looks like when AB left, it seems like this team has a different attitude. Um, you know, bad teams don't know they're bad in the beginning of the season, and the Raiders can't be considered a bad team right now because they're three and two. So they're playing, they're playing decent, they're playing well, they're playing hard. You know, look forward to see what they what they do for the rest of the season. But I know I bang on the Raiders a lot, but I got to give them credit here. I mean, they're 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 hanging in there, and then that win against the Bears, that to end that game in London to go 97 yards to seal that game, Bruh. that that was impressive to do against the Bears defense. So I have to, I got to give a shout out. Uh, to the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers, I want to take that pick back, uh, Brian. Uh, Man, bro. I've been, I've been fading them in my point spread leagues every single week. I mean, they got O-line issues. Their defense is the same without Derwin James. They just lost to a thirst. I don't even know who the quarterback for Pittsburgh is. All I know is I was up 20 because I told you I was conflicted who to take. Chargers yeah. minus seven or Pittsburgh plus seven. I said, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Been fading the Chargers. <laughs> the next thing I know, it's up 21 nothing. So, but yeah, that's those are my little tidbits on the AFC. Good deal. Uh, so, anyways, in the AFC East, we, we've talked about the Patriots enough. They're amazing. Uh, they continue to be amazing. Buffalo Bills look look real. Um, and, you know, I agree with you that the, I, I watched the, the uh, Jets game with a Jets fan uh, this weekend. And, uh, and he was getting a little excited about the fact that his team, you know, with Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold, is clearly, clearly at a different level in, in his ability to read what's going on and, sure. and, and, um, and play the quarterback position. I mean, Robbie Anderson certainly loves that he was there right now. He barely was existed before that. Man. Breaks out for 120, uh, 20 some yards. Um, anyways, but, uh, and, the, and the Dolphins are just awful. But, uh, you're going to the AFC North. I don't see the dogfight that you see because there's only one team that has a positive differential for points and points against. There's only one team that has a winning record right now. There's only one team that has anything positive really going on, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. 
the Browns, they are what we thought they were. The Steelers, they've become what we thought they were going to become because we didn't think that they were going to do all that great, even with, you know, uh, Big Ben. Uh, and then the Cincinnati Natty Bungles are, are them. That, that's what they are. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about the dogfight there. I, I think the Ravens have an opportunity to get a spot in the playoffs pretty easily. Um, they just need to figure out what they're going to do when they get to the playoffs. Um, in the South, you know, like you said, Houston Texans look legit. Uh, I'm going to push back a little bit. So I think the South might actually be a dogfight. Um, Houston Texans are four and two, but they only have a point, a plus 28 differential. But I also think that they're the clear best team in that, uh, in that division. Um, you know, the Colts have played well, but not great. They're, they're kind of at even basically at minus two differential and the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, I, it's been true mania. That's great. It's fun to watch. You know, I like to see DJ Chark, um, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's cool. To, it's cool to see, but, but they're not gonna, They're not ready. They're not going to do anything. You know, this is. Um, an opportunity for Fournette to, you know, put up some video game numbers of his own, although he hasn't seized the opportunity. The Tennessee Titans, who are two and four, are the only other team with a positive differential at, at 98 plus 92. They have a quarterback who doesn't throw picks. I do not think that Mariota is a great quarterback. Uh, I don't even necessarily think that he is a very good quarterback. Uh, there's, you know, there's not going to be any talk about him winning any MVPs. But there are plenty of decent teams that win Super Bowls with a quarterback who just doesn't screw things up. And that's what Mariota is. Now, they don't have the super wonderful defense that Denver had when they had Peyton Manning, who was, whose only job was not screw things up and, and was, wasn't able to do that. They don't have the great defense that Baltimore had with Trent Dilfer. But, you know, they have a solid team. I, I still think that they might come in, you know, second or third. Jacksonville is probably going to fall down. Um, and you know, I just I just don't think that the Tennessee Titans are as bad as you think they are. I just think that they're not as dynamic as as people were hoping that Mariota might be. Um, in the West, obviously, the Chiefs are great. I give credit to the Raiders, especially because they beat the Bears. Thank you very much, Raiders. I really appreciate that. <laughs> but they also still have amongst the worst uh, differentials in um, in the in, in the uh, in the uh, AFC West or AFC total. Um, so I, I don't know how this ends up. I completely agree with Jason that right now they don't seem to be convinced that they're as bad a team as everyone thinks they are. Yeah. And anytime you have that going for you, you can win games. Um, and the Denver Broncos, they don't look very good. The Los Angeles Chargers, yeah, you definitely want to take that pick back. Uh, it's, it's, it's just weird to watch so much talent. You know, Rivers is awful, absolutely <laughs> horrific in the first half of games. Has anyone ever noticed this? I was joking with a friend at the beginning of the season. You all know, Dave. I, I was joking with him that we, because we drafted Rivers in a thing, and it's because he's consistent. If you look at his game numbers, he's good for about 300 yards and about three touchdowns and, you know, one or two interceptions, one, maybe two. But if you look at his first half numbers, they are abysmal. And then yep. at the end of the game, here he comes, chucking and slinging. If you're Keenan <laughs> Allen, you've got to just be super frustrated. I mean, this time he got, you know, tunnel vision with, with uh, Hunter Henry, which is great because uh, they got a couple of touchdowns and they started to come back, but you cannot put teams in the hole. And if you're Melvin Gordon, 
you're like, this is a bunch of crap because what happens is he puts them, he, he throws them into a hole in the first half and then they can't use running backs in the second half because they can't run the ball because they're down by three scores. Um, anyways, the chargers are just, they're no, I, I just want them to be bad for one game all year. Right. I'm, I'm probably going to go to the Minnesota game in LA at the chargers this year. And oh, I nice. really like the chargers to suck that day. <laughs> so you have a pretty good chance, game, bro. They can do what they want to do. But uh, but uh, I'd like them to suck that day. <laughs> you have a pretty good chance, homie. I think you'll be fine. Whoa. Anyways, you want me to jump right into the <laughs> NFC? Yeah, go to the NFC. Yep. All right. So in the East, um, I agree with you that the Eagles are going to be the best team uh, in that conference. I think the Cowboys are going to nip at their heels. Um, and, you know, they have talent. And Dak still has, I think, the highest QBR, even though he's had – three bad games and three good games. Um, I don't think they're going to fall apart. I think they'll, they'll figure it out. I think they're just kind of going through a stretch of trying to figure out who they are as a team. You know, are they a passing team with Dak Prescott, Gallup and, and Cooper? Um, or are they a running team with Ezekiel Elliott? Are they able to establish some type of a balance? You know, should Witten be playing football anymore? I think the answer there is clearly no. Um, even, you know, I, I respect the guy, but, there's just too many times where he's looking around trying to figure out, you know, why he's not getting the respect of the all everything tight end that he is. And it's because he's too slow. He's out of position. He doesn't run a clean route anymore. Um, and, and he's just not getting into positions to make big plays. Um, Redskins suck. Giants suck. Uh, although Daniel Jones is fun to watch. And when they get um, uh, when they get uh, uh, Barkley back. Yep. Yeah. When they get Barkley back, they could do some things. And if you remember, I said that they could be the team like the 49ers of the last couple of years where down the stretch when healthy, they start winning games unexpectedly uh, because of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley just trying to chucking things. I still think that might happen, but there's no chance that team's going to the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, Redskins, the only thing I want to watch when I watch a Redskins game is I want to watch Adrian Peterson run for 100 yards. I am so glad they finally got rid of Jay Gruden. And a couple people were saying, oh, I want to play Chris Thompson. I said, you need to leave Chris Thompson on your bench this week because it is absolutely going to be Adrian Peterson's going to get carries and get to 100 yards. I said, and and, and that much was I, I, my guarantee of a week to people who were asking me about fantasy stuff. Uh, and that came to fruition. Uh, the North, we talked about that plenty. I, I think it's going to be some, you know, Packers, Bears, Vikings uh, thing going on in the top. And I think that a very underrated and pretty good uh, Detroit team whose two losses are to Green Bay tonight by one point, even though they should have won because of the blown calls. And Kansas City, who was healthy and, well, you know, Kansas City, those are their two losses. Um, they're going to be at the bottom. They almost beat KC, too. Yeah, they should be Casey. Exactly. Um, They, you know, they're going to be at the bottom, but they're going to be at the bottom by virtue of playing in, in my opinion, the best division in football this year. Um, Just a ton of talent, a ton of teams that are very evenly matched. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. Uh, In the South, it's certainly uh, the Saints off the top. um, And then everybody else at the bottom. I know the Carolina Panthers have all these wins. I think that they're going to screw this up. I think this kid, Allen, has got something. Now, he's not all world or all anything. But again, like I was saying about Mark, he doesn't screw up. And they win games. 
and they look decent. And Christian McCaffrey is very good. They can do a lot of things for you, right? Um, but I'm pretty certain that they're going to use the excuse that Cam Newton's foot was the reason why he didn't look like himself. They're going to put Cam Newton back, and they're going to run off three losses before they finally bench him, three or four losses before they finally bench him and put Allen back in. And it's going to be too much too late. Um, and so that's gonna how that's going to go. And, and uh, there's very few quarterbacks in the league I dislike more than Jameis Winston, so I'll leave that alone. The Atlanta Falcons, I actually think they're going to win some games down the stretch. Um, Matt Ryan's numbers are actually pretty solid. Um, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are really good. Uh, Devonta Freeman has played way beneath his level. Uh, and I, I would expect that he gets better. Their line is just awful. It's, it's disgusting watching them try and run, run plays West. Uh, I hate saying this. I think the, the, the 49ers are, are, are just like Jason said at the beginning of the season. So you don't have to tell me that's what you said at the beginning of the season, Jason. I think that they could win <laughs> this division as hurts, um, make it into the playoffs and, and, and depending on the matchups that we talked about earlier, could even possibly get to the second round. They aren't winning any Super Bowls, but I don't think you're expecting that. Um, I think the Seahawks are legit, and so if there's any real chance, if if the 49ers do what we think is possible, which is they fall apart when they have that tough stretch, the Seahawks will be right there. But either way, the Seahawks and the 49ers are, are the two you know two teams that are going to go to the playoffs. There, I think the Rams are they're out of the playoffs. I I, I don't I just don't think that they're going to be able to put it back together. Goff is looking pedestrian. People are wondering if McVay, you know, fell asleep. Um, I think the real problem there is that Gurley it was exceptional all last season until he got pulled out yep. right before the playoffs. They're already yep. in the playoffs. He didn't play in the playoffs. Gurley was amazing until that happened. And this year, without them depending on him, willing to use him as much as they're supposed to, I just don't see how they do it, and, and the Cardinals are the Cardinals. Kyle Murray, though, 400 yards, or was it, 304 yards and, and four touchdowns. That was uh, It was pretty impressive to watch. He looked pretty good. Uh, but uh, and, and with David Johnson for two touchdowns, um, you know, it would be nice to see. It would be a good feel-good story. Um, you know, the West are, is a pretty tight division. But anyways, I don't expect much from them. Jason? All right. Um, I'll start with these like you. Um the Redskins, uh, Snyder is just a terrible owner. I mean, he drafted Dwayne Haskins because he went to high school with his son. Uh, and, and, he, and the coach didn't want him. So it's similar to what, you know, uh, when Jeff Fisher was coaching the Tennessee Titans and the owner wanted uh, Vince Young, and but he wanted uh, Matt Leiner. Whenever the owner's making the pick and the coach doesn't want him, it's always going to end up in a firing and in a disaster. So. It didn't surprise me that uh, Jay Gruden is out of there. I don't blame everything on him, but he definitely deserves some blame. I blame most of this on um, on Daniel Snyder. Um, he's just a bad owner to me. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. The best thing I like about Dak Prescott has nothing to do with his uh, his arm. It has to do with his leadership. I just think he's a really good leader and a guy you can get behind. Talented wise, I just think it's very marginal, which is why he was a fourth round pick. And if you look at uh, the Cowboys last before before yesterday's loss, if you look at their 12 losses before that, it's the offense losing the games. Uh, they only scored over 20 points, you know, once. And the defense always shows up. But Dak's he kind of Dak kind of reminds me of Alex Smith, which is the reason why I never will play both big money. When the running game isn't working and the quarterback needs to make plays against good defenses, they just can't do it. The, uh, since 2017's Dak's record against winning teams is five and nine with 18 turnovers, sacked 40 times, 
because he holds the ball too long with seven touchdowns and 17 interceptions in those 12 losses. I mean, in, the, in those losses. I mean, it's it's just bad. Um, when And the, the Cowboys are actually predictable, too. They went to Witten late in the game uh, yesterday against the Jets. It looks like everybody knew they were going to Witten. Even I thought they were going to Witten, and they did. Um, it seems like when Dak is under center, they mostly run. And when he's in shotgun, he's going to pass. And when he's at the goal line, he's going to pass to Witten. So I said before in the preview that their season is going to come down to Dak's passing ability and Kellen Moore's play calling. And it looks like his play call is predictable, and Dak is just Dak. So I think they're going to pay him all that money. I wouldn't, but I hope they do because that means they're going to have to lose some players on that team, which will help the 49ers. But um, so those are my thoughts on – oh, and Philly, you know, we'll just wait to see, you know, if they can get all their players back. But I just think they're extremely talented. Uh, in the NFC uh, North, um, I've talked about Minnesota and all the talent they have on their team. Um, I still think Chicago's only going to win about six or seven games. I just think their limitation at quarterback is eventually going to do them in. Uh, Detroit is being very competitive, which is actually good for Detroit. Uh, I think they have a legitimate shot to go like eight and eight and get some confidence uh, into that team. Uh, in the South, um, New Orleans, I mean, you got to give credit to Bridgewater. He's not losing games, but I give a lot of credit to the New Orleans defense. They've been playing really, really well, shutting people down. Um, like you, I'm not a Jameis Winston fan. Um, I don't care if Bruce Arians, I don't care if Bill Belichick is there. You're not going to get Jameis Winston to be a player in this league. Uh, it's just all bad. Uh, Atlanta, they, I said they should have fired their coach two years ago. Dan Quinn, he's a defensive guy. Their defense is terrible. Uh, they trade, they've changed coordinators multiple times, but the problem is the coach. Maybe eventually they'll get rid of him this year. Uh, Carolina, Kyle Allen is not really that talented, but he, and he has a fumbling problem because he has small hands, but he makes Carolina a fun watch. Um, like I said before, People can't tell me Carolina doesn't have weapons or a decent defense. They have players on that team. They just don't have a guy who can use them properly like Cam Newton. It seems like they got a guy like Kyle, Kyle Allen. Um, like you, I've heard that uh, Cam Newton can come back after the bye week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they start him. I hope they don't because I actually like watching Carolina the way they are now and then opposed to what they were before. Uh, in the NFC West. Um, Seattle, like I said, they've been racking up close wins. Let's see if that, uh, if that continues, uh, Arizona, they're, they're just not a really good team, but uh, you know, they're going to try to put up a lot of points because that's what their offense is supposed to do. Um, I've already told you my feelings on San Francisco. I don't think we're nowhere near a perfect team. We definitely have holes, but the schedule is set up pretty good and they have a legit shot to go, to go 10 and six. Um, the Rams, I think I texted you yesterday, uh, uh, B before the game started, I said, if the Rams lose this, they're done. And the reason why I said that is, is because their team, the offense, like I said, last season is built around Todd Gurley and Todd Gurley has that knee arthritis. Uh, the Rams were really hush hush on why they weren't playing Gurley the second half of last year. And golf was tasked to carry the team and his stats weren't really that good, and it's not really that good this year as well. I think he had seven touchdowns and seven interceptions going into yesterday's game, I believe. But, you know, because golf isn't that kind of player. But when you don't have Gurley, who was just so explosive last season, he just doesn't have that explosiveness anymore. Uh, he was he was he only averages four point nine yards of reception this year, whereas last year he averaged 10 yards of reception and the year before he averaged 12 yards of reception. I mean, he was like McCaffrey and Kamara. And Ezekiel Elliott, you can line him up anywhere and you get put the ball in his hands. He can make plays. But with that knee arthritis, he can't do that anymore. The explosiveness is gone. You can just tell he's not the same runner as he was at Georgia or the same runner he was last year. And I just think the Rams are done because of that, because the offense is built around 
his running ability. And I don't think that Sean McVay is a Kyle Shanahan type to where he can scheme around that and still make the team pretty successful. I think Kyle Shanahan has a really good ability to when guys are out to sort of, you know, fill those holes with other players or call plays to where, you know, those players who are missing won't be sorely missed. So I don't think McVay has that ability. Um, I still think the Rams have talent, but I think they were overrated coming to the season, like you said, Glenn, which is why I had them going nine and seven uh, this season. But uh, those are my thoughts on some of the NFC teams. Word, man. I, I'm uh, yeah, interested to see how the rest of the season plays out. Um, I'm not anti-49ers. I'm just against those thugs. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so you know, good luck, man. Like, I can't. I ain't mad at it. Hopefully, we end up at some games, man. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, Brian, you kind of alluded to it, talking about the game that um, the game that happened tonight. Lions lose to the Packers by one, um, 23-22 because of a field goal. Field goal was set up by two um, illegal hands to the face calls on Trey Flowers, I believe it was, um, a player who's yeah. never had one of those calls in his entire career and now has two in the same game. Wasn't the same drive, was it? Uh, I believe it was, but I'm not. I can't remember okay. the point. The one in the, the final drive, though, they they got him fourth. They got him to fourth down. They had a minute and forty five seconds left. They were about to kick the field goal. The field goal was probably a thirty something yarder, so they likely would have made it. But they would have had a, hundred, uh, a, a minute and forty five seconds to get into field goal range. Um, not unheard of by any good quarterback uh, or any decent quarterback. And Detroit was playing well. But the point was is that the blown calls, two of which where it was super clear, the replay clearly, clearly, clearly showed that he did not come anywhere near his neck or his face. He was on, and the, the blown call at the end of the game, he was in his left shoulder pad lifting, and he was so strong, he was pushing him back, that the the, the guy leaned his neck back, and so the the, the uh, ref reacted to that. Um, it, it was just, you know, it's just awful. It, it, it's just awful to take away the chance for that game to have finished with the fireworks that it deserved and just took all that away um, for a blown call for something that was missed. But you know what I think we're going to talk about and what we're going to get in, what I want to get into is, is why in the world are you talking about, you know, let's allow for blown calls and, and all of this and not allowing that to be a challengeable play. It is so clear at replay, right? That that is either hands to the face, you touch his face or you touch his neck or you don't. And if they want to be able to challenge that just the same way that they want to be able to challenge offensive interference, then that needs to happen. On the flip side of it, this whole new challenging uh, pass on uh, pass interferences and all that stuff is purely lip service to the coaches and the organizations. I think there's been like single digits overturned yeah. so far this season. Um, I, I don't want to quote the number that I that I believe because I might be wrong, but it, I believe it's single digits and. What's the point? I mean, there are, are plenty of instances where they blow calls. If they're going to give them the opportunity but say, don't overturn it until it, until it's 100% because we don't want to hear about it, then what's the point of it? I mean, if you're going to put something in there, let's get it right. And I do think that if you're going to allow people to challenge the judgment-type calls like a pass interference, that you should allow them to also challenge the not so judgment type calls that they do it. For example, a illegal contact call, which is PI without a pass going that direction, 
right? Five yards and a first down, pretty, pretty big deal at a lot of points in the game. Not challengeable, right? Illegal contact uh, from the DB to the receiver. The same thing as a, a pass interference, except for before the pass has gone in the air. Not challengeable. So in order to be able to consider being able to challenge something, the ball has to be thrown in that direction, even though the penalty can be game-changing for something that didn't even have a play going that way. In this instance, nothing was going on that Trey Flowers did. You know, uh, when, when Trey, Trey Flowers was called for the, the, the call, it was a pretty, you know, straight rush. It wasn't There wasn't anything uh, that made it special. And it's super night and day, not challengeable. Uh, you know, make it right or get rid of it. Because right now all the, the league is doing is is making themselves look foolish and stupid, in my opinion. I don't know, Jason, if you feel hey, that Hey, B, I don't, I don't want to cut you off. Glenn, did you just feel that earthquake? Is, is that what that was? That's what that was, yes. I yes. thought I was tripping, but I heard the glasses. Yeah, I, it was over. It's closer right, to you than me. I haven't been drinking and almost fell out my chair. So, okay, I just wanted to see if you felt that. Okay. It's closer to you than me. <laughs> it's like I could hear it, but I didn't. Um, I, only, I only felt the lightweight. I just thought I was tripping. Wow. I, I did too. Okay. All right. All right. Um, now, B, I'm, I'm glad I caught you at the end. Okay, you were done. I'm sorry. I just felt that real quick. I had to say something. Yeah, I heard the glass on your table or whatever that was. I thought I was tripping. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I did hear you, B. Um, my thoughts on this is, well, you, I guess you already know that my thoughts in the beginning, I didn't think they should have added a PI challenge where I think that was just a massive overreaction by the NFL yeah. in regards to a blown call. But what I do believe is that in the last two minutes of a game, I believe that you shouldn't have to challenge. I believe that the league should automatically review those plays, especially if you're giving a team a first down. Yeah. That's what I think. The NFL definitely has to get those things right within the last two minutes. If anything they learned from that blown call is the last two minutes you're going to in overtime, you're going to have to get those calls, right? You just can't give a team a game like that. So I think the teams didn't need the chat, just like score, all scoring plays are reviewed. Well, that's all game though, but I think um, you shouldn't have to make challenges in the last two minutes. I think those uh, calls automatically should be reviewed. Now, as far as the PI, he said it's single digits. Um, the rule, first of all, shouldn't have been put in the first place, but it's been 25 uh, challenges. Only one was overturned. So it's kind of pointless to actually have that rule um, on 24 out of 25 were upheld. So you're right. It was single digits and it's only one. That I don't know what team it was, but only one's been overturned. Wasn't us. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So, yeah. The, the one today was tough. Some... I think part of it, the <clears throat> issue, too, is, you know, when they're close judgment calls, I think it's a little bit easier. But the the one last year with the Saints that got this one, the Saints and the Rams, and then these two today, they're just so bad. They're just like blatant. That's kind of what makes it hard. I know it's bang bang play. You're watching the game live. You're right there. It's hard to tell. But a lot of these are the reason it's so bad is because it it's the call just looks so obvious. If it's yeah. close, you can't really tell. You know, a PI and they're both up at the same time. Okay, you know, it's it's inconclusive. But when like these ones were bad. Um, These are really bad. And, and it, it ruined the game. I mean, this was a, you know, it was it was a pretty great game, right? You have Detroit, who is controlling the game, beating up you know, on on Green Bay. Green Bay that starts turning it around, coming back, you know, doing the right thing. They're, they're getting in the position to, to take a, to have a go-ahead play. And and then this, right? And it took away the opportunity for Detroit to answer. Um, it just... It, it just it just sucks. Right? I mean, if you're Detroit right now, it sucks because like it's like <laughs> yeah, you just lost to hot. yeah. Well, they just lost to a divisional rival, right? In their home stadium, that would have been a huge win yeah. by one point 
because of something they had no control over. And there are other losses to a Kansas City team that, you know, probably might be better than them, but they played really well. So they're sitting there at 2-2-1 two, two, and one going, we're, you know, we're effectively out of the playoff talk because they have these other three teams that are going to be pretty good. And they've done nothing to deserve that yet. Um, uh, anyways, me, me rallying for a, uh, a Detroit team isn't going to last very long. But uh, for the time being, I just feel like they got screwed. They, uh, they played themselves in that Chief game, though, back to the Jeruda Damager. They, they had, were about <laughs> to score on the one because I'm, you know, like, let's go yeah. beat these Chiefs. And these fools do something stupid and fumble and they get a run back for 99 yards. Like, they deserve to lose that game. This game, they should have been up by more. They wouldn't have to worry about it. But even more. that fumble was, like, weird, right? The, that's the one like where the, the guy rolls, like, yep. the ball, rolls the ball stupid. to his, his guy and then runs down. Um, I'm not exactly sure how you can be on the ground, touch a ball in a, in a scrum and not be down by contact and not have possession of it. You know, that's kind of like the the, the fumble in the Pittsburgh where they, where they fumbled it by accident, quotes in air quotes, forward to somebody else who then ran it in for a touchdown. It just seems like that kind of a play. But, oh, yeah. but yeah, I get I get what you're saying. This one, he was like laying out backwards, though. He was on top of a guy. It was it was a, it was just stupid. There's no reason you shouldn't be doing that. No, I was that, watching it. It was it was just freaking nutty. dumb. Yeah. But uh, all right, word. So uh, we're kind of through the NFL. Do you guys got any thoughts on the NBA? I mean, we're really not in the season yet. Not so. really. The only thing I'll say is I've been watching the Lakers preseason. They look really good. They look really tall. And I'm going to be the first. It's going to be the first time I've ever said this about about Dwight Howard. But I actually am kind of excited to watch what he can do this year. I didn't even wow. like the idea of him coming to the Lakers when he came to the Lakers um, the first oh, time man. around. What? And and he was a yeah. And when it went all messy, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, but this time, oddly enough, when he's kind of desperate. He's, mm-hmm. you know, looks like a double-double machine. He was – the assists he had in tonight's game were, were beautiful. Um, he, he's playing team basketball. He's getting into lanes. You can tell there's a hunger. You can tell there's a, a an intention to prove himself mm-hmm. as a basketball player. Um, and if you get guys like that on the cheap and non-guaranteed contracts, it just doesn't happen. Like, that's, that's what happened with Derrick Rose last year, yep. right? And all of a sudden, you know, Derrick Rose looked awesome. I, I'm not saying that he's going to be that good. Because he's going to have less opportunity, right? The Timberwolves weren't exactly doing anything, and he could do what he wanted. Right. Whereas the Lakers are playing for a championship. But I think he's, hey. uh, I think he's got things going on that uh, are going to be very, very positive for the Lakers to either have him coming off the bench or, you know, possibly even starting um, because his playmaking skills uh, looked really, really on point uh, in the in the preseason, especially tonight. I just hope we stay healthy. Um, I think we can. Agreed. We might Agreed. actually do a little something. I'm, I'm not. I don't. Cautiously optimistic always, but we might do a little something. Uh, that's about all I got there. Coop, you want to throw anything in or just keep it moving? No, nah, we're an old team, man. So I think this team's built for the playoffs, not regular season and definitely yeah. not back-to-back. So yeah. if they could just stumble through about 45, 46 wins in the, in the regular season and get to the playoffs, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Word up. All right. Uh, well, so we'll, we're about, that's about where we are right now. Um, I guess we can take it to end of the show, minute to win it, if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, sure. yeah so we'll do our rant. Um, if it's cool, I started last week, but I'm going to start real quick. I, mine is super short. I'm just going to give props and some some respect, tip my hat to Simone Biles. Um, this woman is amazing. She's the most decorated gymnast in history at this point. Um, 25 golds. The girl's 22. So the woman's 22. So, I mean, that lets you know what it is. Um, she's 
I think she's still going for a gold on balance beam that she didn't get in the last Olympics. And after that, they asked her, does she want to keep going? She's like, eh, I'll see. So, I mean, she's at this point, we're witness, we're witnessing extreme amounts of history, the most gold medals, um, the most decorated gymnast ever. Um, and it's a young sister. So shout out to Simone. Uh, B or Coop, y'all can go ahead. I'll go next. Uh, completely, by the way, agree with you about Simone Bile. That's just, it's, it's remarkable to think of what she's been able to do. Um, so I'm going to talk briefly about this whole, you know, the, the whole thing going on in China. I was actually telling uh, Jason earlier that I, that I didn't necessarily think that it was uh, a rant worthy uh, topic, but, uh, but I'll say this. Um, I, it's going to be very interesting to see what, Silver does in this situation. He is, I have a lot of respect for him. Adam Silver has done an amazing job. He's handled a lot of difficult situations. Um, you know, even this time around, I really respected that he took the stance of, you know, I'm sorry you felt the way you felt about what Maury said, but I'm not sorry that he exercised his right to free speech. Um, and, you know, it might cost him something. Uh, but the point is, is that Chinese government is oppressive in a major way. And anyone who watches last week tonight, there's an excellent piece last week, as a matter of fact, um, before all of this kind of popped off uh, about what they did with the one baby law and how they have billions of people who are unregistered children because they were born out illegally being the second or third children to others. And they can't get medical, they can't be registered, they can't get jobs. They, they, they essentially don't exist to the government. Uh, and when you see China's reaction to this whole thing, I mean, talk about pouting. You know, oh, somebody tweeted that I have solidarity with Hong Kong. Somebody that most people in you know, the country don't know and would have never have heard about or understood what was going on had they not made a big deal about it. And their reaction wasn't to get pissed off at Maury and tell him he had to leave the country and that he wasn't there. It's if you don't, you know, reprimand him, we're going to kick you all out of the country. We're going to stop showing games. We're going to, you know, get rid of um, endorsement deals. We're going to stop the We Care uh, campaign so that you're you, you won't be able to be around our children. And all of this ridiculousness, which only further proves just how oppressive that country is over its people. Uh, and so what I'll say there is that's just, it's, it's sad. Um, you know, everyone knows I have a, a close friend who just moved here from China to be with another close friend who is from here. Um, and shout out to Ed and Molly. And, and, you know, the, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard for me to understand how those things go on. I had a, a friend who was there when all of this was happening. They turned off all connections to VPNs and internet access to the U.S. as part of this. So she, completely unrelated, was there to visit and tour, wasn't able to do work because they cut off VPN access because VPN access allowed access to computers and servers over here, which could go out to the internet. People could do research on news, and they didn't even want that. So they cut off all of connections for business reasons. And, and, and you know, it's just a, such an extreme reaction. Um, and when you think about just the lunacy that we as a country are going through with our, our own media and our own pres uh, president, um, 
yeah, that wasn't is a Freudian slip, right? Imprisonment. Um, and you see what just happened at Fox News with Chef Smith, Smith having to leave the organization because his very, very light handling and very propaganda thick uh, coverage of the news, you know, wasn't enough for the organization to the point where he felt like he needed to leave. It's it's a weird dichotomy where you have to feel lucky to have such a crappy situation that we have right now because it could be worse than we could be in China. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. That's deep. Cool. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, I really don't have much. I was just thinking, um, and I think you alluded to this a little bit earlier, Glenn, about the um, New England Patriots, how, you know, even though they had a weak schedule, you know what I mean? They, they still get the benefit of the doubt because they're the Patriots. And I used to, I just think sometimes, you know, if the New England Patriots weren't in the AFC East with all these Super Bowls would have happened for them. I think they've been to, what, eight or nine Super Bowls and, and Brady's won six of them since he you know entered the league. Um, their division is just, just nothing but bad coaching and a revolving door of quarterbacks uh, if you, in dysfunction. Uh, the Bills have had 21 different starting quarterbacks uh, since Brady entered the league. Uh, Dolphins had 22 and the Jets have had 14. I mean, that's just a huge advantage when you have a stable organization like the New England Patriots and you get six wins per year, which leads to first round buys in the playoffs and two home games to get to the Super Bowl. I just think, you know, if New England, sometimes I just think if New England play in a different division, you know, will they have all these Super Bowl appearances? Because that their division has just been a cakewalk and it's, it's just been layups for them. You know, I, that, to take nothing away from the Patriots. I mean, it's a great organization. They win games. They win games. They need to win. Uh, Brady's a phenomenal quarterback and definitely an all-time great. But, you know, just part of me just sometimes just thinks, you know, if they weren't in that division, if they had a little bit more competition uh, during the season, that division, would they, uh, would they have so many Super Bowl appearances? But that's it. I really don't have anything. Good point. The, I think the one year the Jets were good, they beat them. So, yeah. Um, the one time, yeah. Word up. All right, guys. Well, um, that's December. December. Wow. October 14th, 2019. That's the end of the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Any last words, guys? All right. Holla.